You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We have a couple of guys out of Venezuela with visa issues who are detained or won't be here uh, on time. Uh, Both of the Rondones, uh, Ruiz, the reliever, and Alfredo Gonzalez, the catcher. So four guys who are expected not to be in camp on time don't have an expected arrival date just yet for any of the four of them. Uh, Additionally, we have signed uh, Hector Santiago to a minor league contract with an invite to big league camp uh, and expect Hector to join us uh, as soon as tomorrow. And with that, I'll open up to questions. Can we start right there? Uh, Hector with a great um, experience before with the White Sox and the versatility, is that what uh, stands out? Yeah, the the versatility has has a great deal of appeal. Obviously, he's had success including a, an all-star season as a starter in the American League and, and we saw firsthand how valuable he can potentially be in, in various roles whether it's in the rotation or the bullpen so uh, the versatility certainly has appealed to us and uh, and as a player we drafted and helped develop and, and I think we have a a special fondness for Hector is, is those of you who, who covered him when he was with the White Sox know he's a tremendous, tremendous individual and a, a great fit in the clubhouse. So uh, certainly uh, has a, a fair amount of appeal bringing him in, especially on a minor league contract to see see how he can potentially fit. Hector dealt with some uh, shoulder issues, I think, last yeah, year. Yeah, it was a back. It was more. It turned back. out to be more of a back issue than a shoulder issue, which he felt he got resolved around mid-September, but it was too late in the season for it to... Uh, really show on the field. Uh, he feels like everything's resolved and our doctors are fairly comfortable with the diagnosis and the prognosis going forward. So no restrictions when he walks in? He should have no restrictions when he walks in. He has to go through our physical still, but we're expecting no restrictions. With him and Gonzalez, and how much does familiarity play a role in that? It, it does play some role. Uh, you know, Hector's got probably more experience out of the pen and more versatility, which played a larger role, and, and, and Gonzo having... Uh, been in this clubhouse and fit well and, and obviously comfort for him with the, the role going forward uh, made both of those make a great deal of sense for us. Was it a lack of lefty starters that play into it? Nah, to an extent, it's good to, always good to have another lefty. You certainly can't. Uh, there's no team in baseball that's going to turn their nose away from adding, adding left-handed pitching depth, and, and we're certainly no exception. Rick, do you, uh, do you foresee this marketplace with still 80-plus guys out there working to the White Sox advantage as far as maybe picking up some players that you might not have thought would be available? I, I, it's, it's hard for me to predict. I mean, I, it, our focus right now is on the, the guys who are in camp. We're still having some conversations, whether it's – with free agents or even with other clubs as they try to, to set their rosters that could conceivably lead to additions. Uh, but with camp open at this point, I mean, our focus is on this group we have here. And if, if more additions come over the coming days or weeks, great. So the obvious one is arbitration case against you guys. What, how is that process? You know, we went, uh, we went 17 years without having a hearing, and then we somehow we wound up with two this year. And, and the fact of the matter is, is uh, the system is designed to promote settlement, and, and we prefer to settle as opposed to winding up in a hearing room. Uh, 
due to the uncertainty of, of where those verdicts would come out. Uh, for whatever reason, this year we, we weren't able to, with, with either Yomer or Avi's agents, uh, come to an agreement prior to, to winding up in a hearing room. Uh, that said, I've had conversations with both Avi and Yomer and know that it's going to have zero impact on, on their performance and even their relationship with us going forward. It's, uh, it's just part of the business, one that, uh, like I said, we've been able to avoid for about 17 years around mm -hmm. here, and, and uh, this year we wound up in there twice. You don't see this as a, a change of approach with you guys at all, how you approach Not these cases? one iota. Not <laughs> one iota. We negotiated these deals the exact same way that uh, uh, we've negotiated I don't know, 70 plus of these things going back over the last 17 years that have settled. And again, this year, we, for whatever reason, when we were dealing with these agents, we didn't receive offers that even looked like their filing numbers. So you wind up in a hearing room. You guys going to be involved in the showcase? I'm sorry? The Lincecum showcase, you guys going to attend that? We tend not to talk about where our scouts are, but we cover a lot of things. That being said, we have a lot of pitchers in camp right now, and uh, you know, we're not actively really looking to add there. If an if a opportunity arises to add someone with potential impact, then we'll explore it. But. It doesn't always equate to wins in the regular season, but you've got so many position players here and more than you've ever had this early. Early, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. does that say anything to you about their readiness for this season? I think there's a great deal of enthusiasm from these guys. I mean, you've, you've heard about it from since the end of last season. Guys have talked about how they can't wait for this season to start. And... Uh, uh, their eagerness to just pick up right where they left off. I think it's uh, a tribute to the individual players. I think it's a tribute to, to Ricky and the coaching staff and the environment that they've created around here. Guys like being here. Yeah, they, they look forward to being around each other and competing. So uh, we're thrilled that so many guys have shown up. Obviously, we're still several days away from when we expected these guys here. And, and uh, the fact that they've, uh, they got here even before me. It's a good sign. <laughs> Are you guys encouraging that, Rick, or is that all? all that's that's organic. That's totally organic. We have not, and we haven't told anyone to be here. I mean, a couple of the guys coming off injuries, like Tilson, for example, you can invite those position players early. Uh, but for the most part, it's organic. These guys have we, we make the facility available to them. We open it up. We staff it, and if they want to be here, great. But. Uh, certainly, uh, I don't know the exact number of people we have here, but it's probably easier to count the guys who haven't shown up than uh, the guys who reported early at this point. A lot of guys, a lot of teams uh, stretch out uh, guys who may be in the bullpen, may be uh, emergency starters in spring training. Is that part of a White Sox philosophy, like a guy like Santiago coming in? They get stretched out just to be prepared to be a starter and yeah. go to the bullpen? I mean, we also have a lot of young guys here in camp who we know very likely aren't going to make the club, guys who were in A-ball last year, uh, who we want to be around this environment. Uh, and part of that is having them exposed to, to Ricky and the culture that has been created here. But we also have to get them ready for their season. So we are going to, in all probability, have to have a few B games along the way in order to make sure some of these starters do get stretched out. And uh, when they return to minor league camp and they're ready to start their season on time and, and fully stretched out to, as starters. Uh, but if your question goes to more making sure you have innings coming out of your bullpen for guys who aren't going to start, that's going to be part of what we need to do over the next few weeks as well. You know, a lot of guys are saying using the word rebuild, and this year it seems like everybody's trying to avoid it, and they're talking more about winning. I know that 
rebuilt. You're being, you're being patient. No, and, and I don't think really anyone's avoided that. I mean, well, players, in my... They're more interested in turning around. That's cool. In winning games, right? Oh, 100%. No, no, look. I, we love the excitement that not only is coming out of that clubhouse, but from our fans as well. I know there's been there's been various podcasts talking about whether we're ready to win. Uh, there's been uh, articles written about, you know, is this team ready to contend for a wild card? At the same time, we're not going to do anything to stifle that level of excitement. At the same time, we know we're one year into a rebuild. These things traditionally take longer than that. Uh, we're thrilled with the progress we've made in the last year, but we know we still have a fair amount of work to go in this process. Uh, again, you've heard me say repeatedly, this is an important year from a player development standpoint. You've heard me say that some of that development occurs at the big league level. So as more and more of these young guys continue to matriculate and become part of this big league club, uh, there's going to continue to be development. But if that comes also with a level of enthusiasm and then success, that is earlier than anticipated, fantastic. That, that's a, a great approach for these players. It's a great uh, mindset for them to have their eye level higher than people outside the organization might feel is appropriate at this time. Uh, but we know where we're at. We know we're one year into a rebuild, and usually those things take a little more time. You want us to pump the brakes? No, don't pump the brakes. It's fine. The enthusiasm's great. Again, and, and, and again, a lot of it is coming out of the clubhouse. A lot of it is coming from these players who think that they uh, have the ability to uh, surprise some people. And that, that's, again, the, the mentality that Ricky and the staff have helped create, that they, they fight every game. They fight 27 outs. They are, they are playing their, their tails off to win each and every night. We want that mentality not just when we're in the earlier stages of a rebuild, but ultimately when we're in a position to contend for championships on an annual basis. We're still going to want that fight there. And the fact that Ricky and the staff has been able to create that early on is, is wonderful. You've been around Ricky, obviously, a couple of years now, not just as manager, but bench coach. There's been so much talk about like the Ricky effect and, and the buy-in. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate on that? Like, what about him specifically? has allowed these guys to buy in because a lot of them are bringing him up really unprompted. There's a lot of positive attributes of Ricky's that probably contribute to that. I think his, his ability to communicate and articulate what the goals are of the organization and what the expectations are, his work ethic and, and preparedness so they see that he means it and he asks them a level of commitment out of them. It's not undifferent from what he's providing himself. Uh, he's a that high energy and the communication skills allow him so he winds up touching each player almost every day in terms of having one-on-one -on -one conversations with them. And I think they know that he has their back. And I think players fundamentally want someone who puts them in a position to succeed that is honest with them and gives them the opportunity to fulfill their promise. And Ricky does those things, and I think that resonates with players. Just knowing how passionate the players are about him, does that help you rest a little bit easier? Does it make you feel better? Yes. I look forward to resting easier at some point in this process. Uh, let's put it this way. Ricky and the coaching staff is certainly not one of the things that would keep me up at night. And, and there is a great level of comfort with where we are as, a, as an organization from a staffing standpoint. And then that 
you see it most frequently at the big league level, but we're thrilled with the work that we've done, uh, that Chris Getz has done on the player development side and the additions he's made, and, and Marco Patti and Nick Hostedler on the scouting side. We're, we're, uh, the organization is, is lockstep in terms of where we are and what our priorities are and how we're going to get to where we want to get to. And uh, that, that's a, that, that is a good feeling to have. When you talk to Giulio, he seems to really know his stuff. Really yes. Is that one of his greatest attributes? And is there an ace in the staff there? Well, in terms of Lucas, and I think Lucas's understanding of the game and his understanding of himself and uh, has, has served him extremely well. Obviously, a year ago at this time or 50 weeks ago at this time when we were early in camp, and he was scuffling. And he understood a lot about what was going wrong with himself and how to self-correct. And I think that's an ability that's going to serve him very well over the, over the extended career ahead of him. Uh, I think sometimes, especially with high-profile guys coming out of the draft like Lucas was, uh, you want to live up to those expectations so badly with the organization that showed faith in you. And then similarly, when you wind up getting traded, you want to prove that you were worth it to the new organization. So Lucas had a lot of those things sort of working uh, in between his ears at times, which I think could get in the way. Uh, he's a bright enough kid that he understood some of that was perhaps getting in the way, and that helped allow him, I think, to unlock a little bit of, over the course of the season. Uh, you know, he is a, the talent has always been there. Uh, I think the maturity. Uh, has helped him sort of unlock that talent a little more quickly than a lot of other guys might have given the expectations of a high draft pick, struggles, and a trade. You see a lot of um, young guys come to major leagues and then establish their personas, their personalities as major leaguers. Something like, you know, Sanchez has with mm -hmm. the White Sox. Are you looking forward to seeing this young group and some of these guys establish who they are and maybe some surprises for you guys as to who yeah. Who leads, who doesn't, who, uh, who's one of the uh, main think, people in the group? I think there are inevitably going to be surprises. Unfortunately, you sort of prepare for the bad ones because you know there's going to be injuries along the way or underperformance that you just have to brace yourself for with enough depth. But those pleasant surprises, they are, you know, really something special. I mean, a year ago at this time, no one was really talking about Nicky Delmonico. And, you know, we'll see what the future holds in terms of his role on a championship club. But he's a guy that, you know, has the talent, has the pedigree, and that personality help you know makes him a leader in the clubhouse. He's been a leader at every level uh, that we've had him at Double A AA and Triple A, and then again even in a short period of time in Chicago last year. Guys like that, like you mentioned in Yomer. Yomer was a guy who you know uh, our scouts and our player development guys have been very high on for a long time, going back to uh, some of the names, that the comps that were put on him by our. our Canapolis manager years ago that still resonate in, in, in our coaches meetings uh, but you really got a chance to see his personality come through over the course of the last year and I think he's endeared himself to White Sox fans as a result and they've sort of embraced uh, some of the homegrown guys like Yomer and some of the guys who may have been a little under the radar like Nicky Delmonico that that's part of this we have opportunity uh, you know, we talked a year ago at this time that if we weren't in a rebuilding phase, that Avi Garcia probably doesn't get the opportunity to get another 500 plate appearances and show that he has the chance, the opportunity to unlock that talent that he had. That's part of the 
the fun of a process like this. The losing's not really a lot of fun, but if you keep your focus on uh, the end goal and the progress that we're making there and those some pleasant surprises along the way, it can, it can make it enjoyable at times. How big a benefit is it for some of these young pitchers who might not make the big league team right away to work with uh, a veteran catcher like Wellington? It's important. It's important not just for them to sorry to, for them to work with the, the veteran catchers here and understand the approach on a daily basis, what they go into, and how the pitcher and catcher relationship should work ideally. Uh, but it's important for them just to be around big leaguers and be around the big league staff and understand the the again the cultural uh, environment that we that has been created around here. We have, uh, this is the biggest camp since I've been here in terms of numbers. Uh, and, and that's because of the depth in the organization and wanting these young guys to be exposed to it. Sure, you know, our, our coaches get pretty excited when they, when they see some of these young guys, like at the hitters camp or some of the guys coming through over the last few days. Uh, so we enjoy it as well, but it's really for the players to get that opportunity to, to understand what being a White Sox is about and, and what the expectations are of the organization. Rodon was playing catch today. Mm -hmm. uh, is, was that expected as far as uh, what, where his timeline is? Yeah, he, he, is, he is now, uh, I think today completes a two-week throwing program that was his original first step of the, of the rehab. Uh, he's hit every milestone in that throwing program, and now he'll sit down, be examined, and, and uh, come up with the next next phase, which will be another throwing program, but it will have different markers as part of it. So far, everything's progressed uh, as, in, as we would have hoped. Uh, in terms of a timing or final end game, I can't put that out there just yet. It would still be pure speculation, other than to tell you we're going to obviously take whatever time is, is required and, and err on the side of caution. But thus far, his, he's progressing uh, as we would have hoped. The fact that he went through it last year, is that going to be a benefit to both him and you guys as to uh, him uh, being able to slow his role and not being yeah. over? I think so. I, I, think, I think he got understandably uh, impatient at times last year with the, with the rehab. It's, it's not a lot of fun for guys to be out here in extended spring training when they've been in the big leagues and their teammates are out competing. Uh, and I think he probably got a little frustrated along the way and, and – uh, wanted to sort of take that next step as quickly as possible. Uh, now that he's on the other side of a surgery and he knows that building up the, the arm strength is really the, the next goal and we don't want to shortcut that at all, uh, I think he'll, he, as eager as he is to get back, he's certainly willing to let the process play out however the uh, biology of his arm requires. Are you convinced that Jake Berger's future is a third baseman or is that something that we're going to progress you're going to watch? Until proven otherwise, until proven otherwise, we view him as a third baseman. Uh, actually, I was talking to one of our coaches today. It was the first time he saw Jake taking ground balls, and uh, unprovoked, he came over. He's like, Berger moves real well over there. And I think you can get, uh, if you're not careful, you can fall a little bit in a trap when you look at the look at the body. And your first instinct is, oh, that's not a third baseman. Uh, but then when you actually watch him out there and see how the hands work and see how the lateral movement is and the athleticism that actually is in there, uh, you realize there is a real chance for him to be over there. Uh, again, this will be his first full season as a pro. At the end of that, we'll have a little better understanding of where exactly he is on that development curve. But uh, 
at this point we, we, we view him as a third baseman. It rem- it's, not, it's not too dissimilar from when we drafted Tim Anderson and when we took him out of the draft after the first year after the draft, the question was you, you would hear some scouts or some objective analysts being like, I don't know if he's a shortstop. And after the first year, you, it switched to, you know what, he hasn't really shown me anything to show he's not a shortstop, but I don't know if he is. And then after the second full season, it was like, yeah, he's a shortstop. So it, it takes some time when uh, – whether guys didn't have a lot of experience, such in the case of Timmy or, or with Jake, if the build isn't what you're traditionally used to over there to for uh, guys to show you who they are. But the athleticism is there, the, the, the hands and the feet work over there, and we're going to give him every opportunity to show he belongs there.